Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On January 11th, 2019, live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us today, co-host, CEO, and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course, with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you guys doing today? Good Excellent, morning, Joe. Good how are morning. you? Uh, great, great, great. And I have to say, Kelly, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to uh, introduce you today as the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, this is day five of my <laughs> fresh start, new year, new job, new desk, new title, new everything. Um, day five, and it's been um, a wild and crazy week of uh, you know catching up, uh, looking at what we have to do, and so many visitors and so many people stopping by to say hello. Some members, some friends, some colleagues, you know, the, the whole gamut. And it's truly been uh, a lovely week. And I kind of have, you know, a joke every time I started to actually uh, mark off one thing on the to-do list, um, somebody would walk in the door. Mm. So, of course, I you know, <laughs> would drop drop everything to say hello and get the hugs and mm. do all that and catch up with people. But, um, boy, it has been um, one heck of a week. So exhilarating. And I love it all, but it's um, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, obviously, it's a you know it's a easy transition from my last role as executive director mm-hmm. in downtown. And I tell people, I said I'm just changing lanes and shifting gears, and here we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, your offices, um, Kelly, are uh, conducive to people just popping in, whatever, because you, you know you're right there, right next to the post office. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And so you constantly have a stream of people, you know, coming in and out. And uh, and yeah, you, you're right there. You you know, people can walk by. They can look in your in the office space and see. So, you know, just stop in, have a cup of coffee, say hi. They can. And you know what's funny is people go, are you actually in the in the post office? I don't know. I go, no. There's a big building, you know. The post mm-hmm. office yeah. is part of it. The, you know, the chamber office kind of faces out towards the green belt a little bit. And then there's some – actually, other city parks and rec has some um, offices too in here. But um, what's interesting you say that, Jackie, is I my office kind of faces out to the parking lot and the green belt. And I am – it is profound how many people use this post office between the actual post office and then the P.O. boxes, I think. There is a constant stream of people coming through those doors. And all the uh, chamber members who have stopped by to see me and other people, I'm like, we got to figure out a way to, you know, you know, whatever, put a little neon sign with flashing hot donuts or something out there so people walk, walk through and say hello because it is, it's amazing how many people come to this facility and use that little post office. Little is, is that, is, it, where, I was going to say, where is the other, where is the main post office? Well, there's this one's at 15th and Valley, right? You know, next to the Greenbelt and the Jocelyn Center and that whole area across from the fire department. The other one is on Sepulveda at Sepulveda and 
8th Street, uh, no, excuse me, 10th Street, which is um, just kind of across the little street from Baskin Robbins. Um, people right. kind of know where that is. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other one. And those are the only two uh, post offices in Manhattan Beach. And then, of course, Hermosa has a little one. And then if you go you know, north towards El Segundo, you get some bigger post offices and what have you. But um, mm-hmm. this, this little one is active, man. They are, they are busy. It is. It's a it's a very busy place. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's like an annex. You know, Redondo Beach has their main post office down on Catalina, over by mm-hmm. 190th Street, and mm-hmm. and for uh, for decades they had an annex in Riviera Village because Redondo Beach is kind of long. You know, it, it, it's quite a few yeah. miles along along the coast, and they had an annex in Riviera Village that was very highly traffic, big, big high traffic in that, and it closed. It closed. So, so all all Redondo has now is that main one, which was always crowded. You know, the the line snaked out the door on that one, and now it's even more so since the since the annex in Riviera Village closed. And it's like a four mile drive, you know, from <laughs> South Redondo to to get up to that annex on Catalina. So, um, I don't know how that works, but I hope they I hope they open another one to to it, it's crowded. Very time consuming. Well, it is, and there's there is parking there, but there's never enough parking. I've I've used that one too, and you're like, it's a big parking lot, but it's oh, that one is busy too. I didn't realize they closed yeah. the one in the Riviera, so that explains it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll maybe later in the show we'll figure out you know all the all the issues with the post office, but we got <laughs> other things to get to, more important things to get to, Joe, right? Yeah. One uh-huh. thing we we uh, have to be aware of, of course, is that uh, postal rates are going up. And yeah. you can buy now. I was just in the grocery store last night, and you, uh, they have an ad running that you can buy what they call forever stamps for another month or two, I think. And then, uh, you know, you buy those stamps, and then they'll always be good. But after that, the price is going up. So Yeah, I think 50, yeah. 51 cents. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Like I love those forever stamps. I always stock up on those, and that way they, they yeah. don't expire, so to speak. Oh, oh great. Yeah. Oh, great. Another another run on the post office, just what we need. They're, they're always valid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about so federal Jackie, government. We don't want to go there, do we? Enough yeah. about – well, yeah. No, what I want is a really exciting topic with scintillating – Top, you know, action. I want, I want a topic with action and drama, and so I know we have one. Jackie, explosions, who's our guest explosions, today? yes, gunfire, aliens. <laughs> Introduce our exciting right. guest. All right, all right. We have a returning guest this morning, Sylvia Guyed. She's the owner of Manhattan Tax and Accounting. Now, Sylvia has more than 15 years of experience in tax and accounting. After earning a BS degree with an emphasis in finance and accounting, she worked as a financial analyst and was hired by Deloitte Consulting as a controller. She opened Manhattan Tax and Accounting in 2005 to provide various accounting services, including individual, business, corporate, and LLC tax preparation, tax planning, bookkeeping, payroll, and business incorporation. Sylvia has distinguished herself as a one-stop accounting firm handling all her clients' tax and accounting needs. Now, with tax season just around the corner, now is the time to start planning. And this morning, Sylvia is going to give us a few tips on how to get ready for April 15th. Welcome back to the program, Sylvia. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you, Jackie. It's good to be here with all of you. Thank you, Sylvia. It's good to, to have you. And, of course, you're one of my heroes because you you did what we, Jackie and I and Kelly, have often talked about. When you were working for Deloitte, where, where was the office that you worked at? It was out of the L.A., downtown L.A. Downtown. Sylvia escaped downtown and moved <laughs> her business to the bubble. We, uh, you're, you're my hero. Well, after many years of commute, I mean, first when I did my when I was a senior financial analyst, it was at Universal Music, and then I went to Deloitte. So it was a lot of commuting yeah. between both companies, but definitely more with Deloitte. So definitely, I didn't yeah. want to do any more commute. So no more. The commute. bubble is the best place. <laughs> that is the that's is. the mo for the that's the mo for the South Bay, right? Once you, yeah. once you re- reside here, you don't want to leave the bubble. You figure out a way. True. Very so we, we have, uh, as Jackie said, we talked before. Um, uh, we've we, you've been on the show before, and I, I, 
I attended one of your seminars at the Manhattan Library, didn't I? Yes, you sure did. That was last February, and another one's coming up, which we'll talk about later in in the show. It's coming up this February again. So it would be great to have you and Jackie this time. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. So when you think of tax preparation, I mean, most people understand there's personal taxes and business taxes, but... Um, do you see it as as a, uh, a separate, or do you see it as one big uh, topic nowadays? Because there are so many people that have home based businesses today. Correct. Well, definitely taxation. I mean, you have to look at the individuals, and you have to look at the corporates or the businesses as two separate entities. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, with you know, with Using the business use of home or working from home, those are typically individuals that start up have either have a startup business or uh, they're uh, they work as an independent contractor and they just basically do everything from their home. So they have different expenses that they can deduct on that end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know there is various. It depends on again the type of entity and it depends on the individual. But I technically look I, I usually look at the individual separate from the corporates. Um, mm-hmm. Because business could be under a corporation, LLCs, or it could be, you know, a self-employed business, like a sole proprietor, mm-hmm. with a schedule mm-hmm. C. It's been a very, uh, a very trying year for for me personally and professionally as a uh, com- as a cryptocurrency consultant, because for those people that know even know the word cryptocurrency. Uh, they will know that the Bitcoins of the world, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, have seen a a huge bear market in 2018. A lot of my clients did lose money. And uh, that, you know, what we say in the business is never invest more than you can lose. And for those clients that, that invested appropriately, where they invested that part of their portfolio that was for risky investments, there was an opportunity before the end of the year where they could do what's called tax loss harvesting, basically taking advantage of their loss to cover their taxes from other investments that perhaps were more successful. Can you, can you explain what, what tax loss <laughs> harvesting is? And, and, and actually, I don't really know a lot about it, only I knew that I should uh, inform all my clients that potentially lost money, hey, you got to do this before the end of the year. Well, it's basically, I mean, okay, so this is a, even a new term for us, too. I mean, we have to, there's so many changes that happen, happen in the tax law over, you know, the past 2018. But in essence, basically, if you have losses from these uh, type, which we, tr- we treat it as a stock loss, if you have mm-hmm. other losses, if you have losses from that and you have gains from other um passive entities, you can actually offset that. So if you have, if you have, for example, rental properties that have gains, or if you have um, other uh, stock gains, um, you can offset, you can sell those stocks that have the gains and offset it with the cryptocurrency losses. So that's mm-hmm. just in simple mm-hmm. words, because the law, the tax law is very complicated. And to try to just, um, you know, uh, explain it in one sentence, it, it just does not um, does not work. So, right. uh, but as far as, I mean, there has been always the case, and this has been the case also with any capital losses that we've had. I mean, unless you have um, gains to offset it to be able to capture all the losses in that year, then you're actually lo- going to only be capturing 3,000 uh, of the losses per year until the losses is used, um, you know, in whole. So, um but I mean, it has been definitely 2018 has been quite a roller coaster for taxes. A lot of individuals and a lot of taxpayers are very anxious about it. Uh, we, as professionals, are anticipating there's going to be a lot of surprises um, for taxpayers this tax season. Uh, people who in the pa- in the past did not owe money, they might end up owing money. People who got refunds may ac- actually get less refunds, or and people who never got refunds or used to get refunds many many years ago. Believe it or not, and used to oh, they will be getting refunds. So it's really interesting, and um, this is even like I was just on a on a call with IRS. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a liaison call between um, 
us and and the IRS uh, territory managers, and there are definitely you no know, there's so many changes. Even IRS themselves are trying to um, to amend a lot of the tax forms themselves. The 1040 even is mm-hmm. going to change. So there's just mm-hmm. so much coming down the pipe. Um, now, are, are, is this a result of reforms that have yes. been put in place by yes. the current administration? And and can you categorize when these happened and what their general thrust is? So it's the 2018 tax reform, which everybody heard about at the end of last year. And that's what I actually talked about in my seminar this past year. And now mm. we have actually all like the 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 latest and the greatest about that about each change that's happening. So some of the mm. changes which a lot of people have been hearing about, for example, is like the exemption is gone. So now the standard deduction is at twelve thousand. So people who uh, could not or did not itemize in the uh, or itemized in the in the past now they can actually qualify to get the standard deduction rather than itemization because they itemized if they went above the you know about the above the sixty three hundred which was the standard deduction then. Now it's 12000 So it would benefit them to just take standard deduction versus itemization in some aspects. Again, the reasons why you would itemize is if you have mortgage interest, if you have property taxes, you, you know, you're withholding from state taxation, your donations, all of these add up and becomes your and gives you a better deduction than standard deduction. However, we have one big issue, which is, as many knows, it's the SALT, which is state and local tax. And that's when it's capped now at 10000 So uh, unfortunately, this puts the taxpayer in a position where they're going to end up owing uh, because they cannot deduct all their state withholding from their payroll, from your, their W-2s. And so mm. if they own a house, I mean, now average home in South Bay, um, what, mm. the property taxes are definitely going to be not less than eleven, twelve thousand. 12000 That's if they bought mm. the home many years ago and if they – so there it's that assault problem continues to be uh in the past there has been there was an s b uh a state bill that was trying to treat the excess on that area as a donation uh but unfortunately, the feds actually kicked it out so Unfortunately, <laughs> I was very hopeful speaking with with some of uh, you know with our senator Ben Allen of the air you know our senator uh, for our district, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this bill was all went all the way to assembly, and then they shut it down. I think uh, was September or October. Mm-hmm. I, I want to bring Kelly into this discussion now because of course Kelly, in your new role as president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber. One of the things that I, as a uh, as a Manhattan Beach Chamber member, will probably come to you and 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 question you. Of course, you're having C- Sylvia back for a, a, a seminar. Is how can the chamber get get us more information about uh, being more tax efficient as businesses in in the South Bay? And you know, we we're looking for anything and everything we can get from the chamber. Uh, what would what would be your response to that, Madam President? <laughs> thank, you. thank. You. I'm still getting used to those words. Um, it's like when you get a new haircut and you walk by a mirror and you're like, wait a minute, who's that? You know. Um, you're right. Right. So, right. So um, I think you know what I want to bring to and develop. You know, continue to expand and develop more at the chamber is. Making the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce, you know, a little bit of kind of a, a business concierge service, and so Joe, mm. perfect question because this is something that we definitely is of benefit to all members, whether you're owning a business, whether you're a resident, anything like that. So uh, this is one of those very important things, and I think that, number one, that's why I asked Sylvia to be on the show today because there's no better time than you know we're probably some of us are already probably behind but to start getting organized and getting all of your tax prep going now not waiting until you know april 13th so mm-hmm. i thought you know perfect get, let's get sylvia on now to uh get the you know the, the juice flowing in everybody's brain hopefully sylvia, sylvia will give us more tips and and ways to get organized but i see the chamber and you know this is something that i did for kind of my, you know my last position is i 
curated information that was pertinent to those business owners, and I would constantly make them aware of it. A lot of times, simply as simple as you know, postage rate increases or sales tax increases, because some people are on that, some people aren't on that, you know. And I see the chamber is as we develop and grow, creating systems um, that are accessible to particularly all the members that will a maybe cue them or give them a red flag or make them think and then ultimately provide resources, whether it's seminars, whether it's consulting, whether it's online resources, all that. You know, that's going to be a work in progress. But, um, yes, that is that's actually on kind of the top of my list um, with a couple other big things to, to get going at the Chamber. Jackie, hmm. do you have any uh, yeah. pertinent tech uh, Well, questions? actually, I – I have um, just a kind of a general question to ask Sylvia. Um, Sylvia, I actually have an accounting background, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a very detail-oriented person. Um, I want to know where every single dollar is going, whether it's personal or business on my end. Um, I use I have used QuickBooks since I think since since it was offered. Um, I have I have slow a QuickBooks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a, a QuickBooks account for personal. I have a QuickBooks account for business. Um, so I know where every dollar is going. How many of your clients outside of business, because I, I know most businesses have some, some accounting software, but for personal, how, 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 what percentage of people do you, do you think or do you know of that use QuickBooks, that where they can just push a button and send you the file? Uh, you know, for their for their tax returns. Uh, when they are sole proprietor, it's much more difficult to try to convince them of that. So typically, maybe about twenty twenty five percent. Oh, okay, it's that's, that to that's say. better than I thought it would be. That's better than I thought it would be. Um, yes, it, um, I, I mean QuickBooks is a great software f- to capture all your income and expenses. You know, um, and it's great for when you're, um, you know, for when you have a business. But it's I'm. I try to make it or request it more uh, from the clients, specifically when they are corporations or LLCs, because they have uh, more guidelines that they have to abide with, right. and they need right. to have to have to have all reconciliations and good financial reports and clean records. So you know, so I suggest it to the sole proprietors, but not everyone really does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only if you you know the benefit. It's it's hard to try to uh, tell the taxpayer the benefits of of uh, a software aside from regulations that force them to be, you know, to to have it. So when they're super provided, yeah. they're pretty much them and the business is one. But when you're an entity, an LLC or an S-Corp, you have to have a separate set of books from you. So you are mm-hmm. the shareholder or you are the managing partner, but you are separate from the entity. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, no, it's, it's, it's just funny because – as I said, I'm very detail oriented, and I'm I, glad and you do have that. I, That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'll, look, seriously, all it takes is a push of the button. The file goes to you know to my accountant yep. at the end of the year. Yep. It, I mean, it couldn't be easier. And um, go ahead. And and that actually leads us to to talk about some of the things that would be good or helpful for uh, taxpayers to prepare before they meet with their accountant or tax advisor. Um, you know, as as we know, we're coming. Uh, we're coming up to that deadline pretty soon uh, because time passes very fast during tax season. But, you know, collecting all like your W-2s, your profit and losses from your uh, QuickBooks file, the 1099s forms you get, the 1098 mortgage interest, all these good stuff, and being able to prepare like one folder that capture all these documents as well as any changes in your tax situation like childbirth, divorce, marriage, etc., um, you know, makes it a smoother um, give, makes it smoother at uh, time for you during tax season because one you have all the info that the accountant needs to be able to prepare your taxes the changes that happened um, also obviously you know the income and expenses need to be reconciled so it's good that you have the QuickBooks but if you and I would go uh, one step further make sure that they are reconciled, these financial statements, so that you don't have any issues in there, you know, like any understatement of income, overstatement of expenses, anything like that. Have a list of questions. So I usually tell the taxpayer, please come in, have your list of questions ready. So for me personally, I 
uh, take a lot of pride in giving my time to my clients, which I know during tax season a lot of professionals don't do that. Um, so, for example, I'll spend time with a client coming in, 15, 20 minutes. I'll take a look at their situation. I'll ask questions. I'll give them an opportunity to ask me any questions. And then at the ta- after I do the tax return, when they come back to pick up the return, I also spend another 20 minutes or 30 minutes to just go over the return, make sure if, you know, if they have any questions about the tax return that I can address it, and then they get their copy, sign off on the e-file, and we send everything electronically. But getting ready mm-hmm. and putting everything together for the tax professional allow you to have a smoother interaction, smoother uh, you know, tax, tax return, the process will be much smoother, and, um, and, and then it won't cause you to miss anything in the middle of, uh, you know, of, of uh, crunch time. Do you, do you actually, because we got, for years, we would get a thing in the mail at the end of the year. It was like organizer. a little booklet. It, yeah, an organizer, yeah. And and if you don't have a QuickBooks or other software, you can go through and you can make sure you have all the paperwork you need. You can fill in, you know, the numbers here and there and stuff. But, you know, I, off, off the tax issue, what I find QuickBooks really good for is at the end of the year, you can print out, a you know, a P&L or a balance right. sheet. Right. And you can see how much you're spending each month on each item, you know, whether it's personal or business. And you can figure out, wow, I am spending way too much money on mm-hmm. this line item. Correct. You know, I can, I can save here. You know, if I can figure out a way to bring that number down, I can save, you know, my, on my bottom line each year. And um, that's and one. It's really, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. And that's one of the benefits of having the QuickBooks file. So other yeah. than making sure that all your income and expenses match with bank statements and everything is accurate so that it can be accurate reporting of your taxes, it's also a beneficial thing to you that um, you can see the categories where you have overages in or you feel like you spend too much in and maybe you need to watch it for the upcoming year. So from, from a budget standpoint, it's a good way to, to plan for the next year. Additionally, also, if you would consider at some point to sell the business or bring in a partner um, yes. to the business, they would want to look at these financial statements, the profit and loss and the balance sheet. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, I'm curious, Joe, Kelly, do you do you, either of you do anything like that or are you more of an accordion folder kind of organizer? <laughs> I'm um, I'm, a, I'm a hybrid mix of both. Obviously, for business, um, I have always used QuickBooks, and I am a big advocate of QuickBooks online. I'm sure Jackie is probably what you use. Um, mm-hmm. I like to be able to access it from wherever I am. Um, personally, I moved over to QuickBooks for my personal uh, needs a couple years ago, and I agree with you; it was a complete lightsaver. And yeah, you know, some people say, "Well, oh, it's too late," or oh, "I'm I'm knee deep," or Yes, I have all the stacks of paper and receipts, and I haven't organized them well. At some point, you have to. It's like starting to work out again. You just got to start. You got. You got to decide. Okay, I'm going to do it today, and convert yeah. over because it does. It makes your life so much easier, and it's just it's that preparation. And yes, you have to input certain things. You have to be organized with how what you feed into you know QuickBooks. Some bank account or banks you know will transport information or import information, everything. But I think um, you know the onus also goes on to you to make sure you're. you're inputting properly but yes at the towards the end of the year or monthly how you look at your your own expenses it's a lifesaver i completely agree with you and uh there yes there's stress kind of going into it but it relieves a lot of stress on the back end yeah and again it's you know you could do it i do it every day like every day i come home i i I get my mail you know i bring in my bills and stuff i open them up i input them into the system you know, it, it, it's it's when you let things pile up that things become an issue. But it's interesting because one of my new favorite things I, that always seems to come up whenever I'm at people or a social event or something, I I, I am horrified by how much money we spend on food. Horrified. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and, that, and I seriously, I I'm, I'm like always asking people, how much do you spend a month on food? You know, including, you know, mm-hmm. groceries, eating out, lunch, you know, that sort of thing, going out for dinner dates. Um, so I'm always mm-hmm. asking people that now. How much do you spend a month? And I'm just horrified by how much money we're spending on food. So I need to do some serious discount food shopping. <laughs> and we're talking, are, are you talking about the meals and entertainment category then? Is that what you're... Well, but, well, well both, both sides, personal okay. and business. Because you know this year we will actually, for the first time, we're going to have to separate these two categories. And actually, the forms will even separate them because entertainment won't be deductible unless uh, it meets two new gui- guidelines. So, 
only meals will be deductible. So, oh, um, well, that well, and, yeah. That go ahead. Sorry. And that meal, that meals obviously needed to be with a client, and you know, for the purpose of generating income and all this good stuff that we had from before. Mm. Yeah, but, I, I, I'm just curious because uh, so many things did change because of the new tax stuff in 2018. So what what is on? Well, you know what? Wait a minute. Let's Joe. Let's do a station break, and when we come back, mm-hmm. Sylvia, maybe you can get a little more detailed as as to what we can deduct and not deduct um, this com- this coming April fifteenth. How's that sound? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. That's great. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show, and we have a very special guest, Sylvia Gayed, from Tax uh, Season, and we're going to talk about Tax Season Prep. She's the owner of Manhattan Tax and Accounting, and, uh, you know, it's just the right thing to do to talk about it. I know taxes isn't the most exciting uh, subject for many people, but if we start talking about it now, by April 15th, I think maybe by then we we might be prepared. So <laughs> we're going to start a little early, and uh, we we yeah, I, we I are we encouraging callers, Jackie? Uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Well, do you want to? You can go ahead and put it out. You can put the number out there. Yeah, if, if somebody wants to call, you sure. If, if you have a question or a comment or uh, you just want to participate, please give us a call at 714-242-5288. That's 714-242-5288. Many people that do listen live are doing something else, running on a track or or commuting to work or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But, But if you can call in and you have a question, we'd love to have you. Thank you very much. And uh, with that, Sylvia, what's in what's a uh, 30,000 foot view of what most people should should look forward to in terms of what they can deduct uh good question <laughs> so as far as businesses which is where the deductions would be because a lot of other deductions on the personals are being cut out but as far as businesses you know you have basically your your office expenses your meals uh, your cell phones, your internet. Um, if you're in a business where you have to use a uniform or if you have a uniform for your uh, team or employees, you would deduct those expenses, travel expenses, if it's related again to the business, to, to directly related to your business. Uh, entertainment is getting limited this year and it's basically going to be an entertainment. What I mean with entertainment is like concert tickets, Dodger tickets, uh, sports entertainment. Um, these type of uh, tickets are going to be cut out for most businesses uh, unless they meet one of two tests, which is either directly related test or the associated test. And um, basically what it, what it means is it took place, entertainment took place in, in a clear business setting. That's the directly related or if it's uh, the purpose of entertainment was for the active conduct of the business. So if there are an entertainment company like Universal Music, then that's part of their ordinary business. So then they would be able to deduct those expenses. The other ones is the associated test if the entertainment was associated with a trade or business, which is, again, similar to the same um, uh, to uh, the same uh, directly related test, um, and it was before or after a substantial business discussion. So they're putting more, you know, stricter guidelines on when you can deduct that. So most of these individuals that have businesses, sole proprietors, or even corporations or partnerships or LLCs, they won't be able to deduct that entertainment um, cost, you know, no, 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 for Sylvia. 2018. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Sylvia, okay. We have two baseball teams. We have two baseball teams in the greater Los Angeles area, the Anaheim Angels and the Los Angeles Dodgers. We have two NBA teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. Sylvia, I don't understand how I'm going to get courtside <laughs> tickets and also uh, box seats right behind home plate. And and you not be able to deduct it. Right. Don't what about football? Yeah, Joe? Oh my gosh! The playoffs are <laughs> tomorrow. That's yard the yard lines are necessary for my business. So all you have to do is have them invite you. 
Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Sylvia, if I'm if I'm a member of a law firm, if I'm a partner in a law firm, and the law firm owns a skybox at one of the stadiums, and that's where they do their entertaining, will will they not be able to? Because they used to be able to deduct a whole thing, you know, courtside tickets, skyboxes. That's expensive. That's a big ticket item. Well, here it is. If they have, if they engage in a business discussion right before or after the 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 event, then they will be able to deduct, and that would meet the associated test. So, okay, so you know, it, it it's very. You, you have to really look look closely at the um, you know which one it would fit more, which criteria, the directly related or the associated test, and be able to deduct it. So, for example, if they have clients who are in the entertainment industry, like they have sports entertainment and they, they actually signed up clients for that or they go and attend their events or take other clients there and try to uh, create business before they go and attend it or after, they can deduct that. That's not a problem. Okay, it's just so, so what had happened so in I'll... the past, that, yeah, sorry, that people had actually – would just, okay, meet with a client today and then decide, you know, in about two, three weeks, you know, to take them to uh, a game, to watch a game or to a concert, you know, um, and call that as part of their business. And that's not going to fly anymore with IRS unless you are in the the industry. Again, unless you are in that industry. Okay, uh, or unless, say, okay, again, okay, me, Kelly and Joe and I, we're we're attorneys. We have our our, our own corporation or LLC or whatever, and we own uh, courtside seats to Laker game, all right, and and we have a, 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 a new, uh, uh, somebody we want to bring on as a client. If I have a meeting with them uh, at uh, just before uh, uh, tip-off, right, if I if I meet meeting with them at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then we go and sit in our courtside seats together that night at the game, would that be acceptable? Yes, it would be acceptable if your discussion was substantial business discussion for, you know, for a particular, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. If you have maybe, definitely, okay. Okay. it helps your situation more if you're like meeting with a client and you get a contract signed on that day, you know. you just, They're just basically ah. going to have to prove to them that this discussion took place and it was serious towards a business and then you decide it to take them out after, you know, afterwards. That'll be yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, um, well, that that can that can easy enough be done. Just every time uh, you bring in a, a potential client, you're looking to bring on a potential client, uh, just have them by the office for a for a tour of the office before you how, take them to the Lakers game. Yeah, and but how many you, how many can you do that with, right? Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. And that, yeah. what about like giving the tickets away? So let's say you know we do we whatever we have you know we kind of semi own those courtside tickets, right? And mm-hmm. we are uh, the lawyers that we are. We're busy. We're in a big case, and we can't go that night. Can we give those tickets to um, a client or somebody or a charity and still be able to write it off? Uh, you, no, you can't. I mean, as far as what I'm reading on this code, um, this is not. This won't be construed as deductible from okay. the description of the IRS. It seems like the business, the person who is trying to engage in the business. Yeah. So if you're the attorney and trying to engage with another client in business, then both of you would go to, would go together. Giving out the the tickets, um, they did not say specifically about giving it out, but the it seems like it's giving towards specific business benefit. It has to be expected that you would be getting income from that you know, from, from that meeting with this client in order for the entertainment to be deductible. So, I mean, and again, like all IR, many IRS, not all, many IRS tax laws, there's a gray area there. Sometimes it's not so black and white, and we have to do more digging and read more to find out. But from the general perspective, this is what it's looking at. So that mm. leads me to another thought, um, <laughs> not necessarily just with courtside seats, <laughs> but any other type of gifting. So for you know, ages, um, businesses have been able to write off gifts. Yeah. We're, right now we're talking about tickets. Maybe it's a case of wine. Maybe mm-hmm. it's um, you know, uh, you know, tr- a trip. A fruit basket. To, whatever. A fruit basket. <laughs> yes, a fruit basket. Something simple. You know, a massage. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, gift certificates. Can those be written off now? Yeah, so they have always been you you've always been able to write those off as gifts. However, there's a ridiculous amount of uh cap on it. The amount that you can write off is $25 per person. So if you give someone a $100 gift certificate, you technically not 
you can only deduct $25 of that. Now, wow. if you give to an office, like let's say there's an office and business owner and you're gifting an office and staff a fruit basket or a holiday basket as, we, as you do, if it is for more than one individual, you can write off the whole entire amount. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, now typically it's $25 yeah. per person. Yeah. $25 per person. And this went into effect in the 2018 tax? No. No, it has uh, always been the case. No. Oh. You know, many people don't know that part. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are asking this because many business owners are not aware of that cap of $25. Right. So per they person. go, the gift, right. I mean, okay, so you give the husband and wife, so there you go. It's a $50, right? You can do a food basket for that, maybe, you know, a gift basket. Uh, when it comes to a business, so, for example, you know, a corporation has maybe five employees, the shareholder, you're talking about like six, you know, and you're gifting the office. You're not giving, gifting it to the shareholder alone. You're doing it to the mm-hmm. whole company. So then, you know, I, that would be a stretch more like $100, $150, depending on how many people in there. But many mm-hmm. people don't know, are not aware of that $25 cap. So oh. it's 25 per person or it's semi-unlimited if you're giving something to the entire office. So if the office has 20 people and I'm giving them a $5,000 gift, can I write off a $5,000 no. gift? No. It's still back to 25. Okay, it has so to be I'm, reasonable. Yeah. And well, right. well, the IRS is going to look at it as what's reasonable in that case, you know. How many people are in there? What is that five thousand dollar for? Are you giving you're giving them money? Well, that's technically even if you give someone bonus, that's technically taxable to them. If you give money okay, to anyone, so. even as a gift or a bonus, it is taxable. It's taxable. Okay, so yeah. so, so what you're right. saying is I'm not going to. This is the last year I, I I was getting that box of live lobsters <laughs> from Maine. Okay, all right, okay, so. So I guess what this also means is there's probably going to be a lot of season tickets up for grabs uh, for all the various yeah. sports uh, yeah. groups. Uh, yeah. And again, yeah. if you can prove your case that you are, this was for in a business setting. I mean, if you go and take them and you talk about business and you get into a contract or, or actually get into an engagement for the business while you guys are out in the entertainment, then great. I mean, that's your proof right there. You'll, you'll be able to deduct it. So it's just putting a stricter, much stricter regulations around the entertainment part. Right. Apparently, I mean, from what I understand, is so many people are doing these tickets, these concert mm-hmm. tickets and these sports entertainment tickets. And, you know, um, and so IRS needed to put kind of a limit around it. Similar to what happened when people think, in the, especially in the entertainment industry, they think, oh, we can deduct our clothes. Like when they buy clothes for for their business, right. you know. No. Well, what happened is IRS allowed it for many years until Lucille from I Love Lucy used to deduct all these most expensive gowns, you know, ten and twenty thousand dollar <laughs> gowns, and then they changed the regulation. No more. You can only deduct if they are costumes or uniforms. Can only wear uh-huh. it for your business. No suits. Yeah. No. You know, so people, many people think until this day, oh, no, I can still deduct that, and it's not true. Well, my, you know, wow. my sister was was a model for many years, and she could deduct her makeup for a long yeah. time. Um, I guess you're not allowed to do that now, huh? Correct. <laughs> many uh, things. Hey, okay, well, let's yeah. costume let me, makeup. <laughs> co- yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Sylvia, okay, so here's something. Um, so I go to a lot of events that are work-related, and many times yes, I do. take Uber. Um, yeah, I do. And many times I use Uber. Um, can I write off a percentage of my Uber costs? Uh, okay, so you go to events. Is that if if it's from your work to the event, yes, but from your home to the event, no. What Anywhere. Okay, what if her home is her work? Her home yeah, what, is yeah, her that's work. A, that, that, that is a good question. What if your office is in your home? Then you can if you don't have a car. I mean, if you have a medium <laughs> of transportation and you don't, if you have a means of transportation and you're not using it so that you can deduct this, then obviously, I mean, this is some of the things that they're going to ask, God forbid, if you get audited. Right. Well, they're going right. to ask, what, do you have a car? Well, how do you get to it? You work from home? Okay, so you go for these. So these are businesses that say, okay, why don't you use the car? Why are you Ubering? You okay, see, I mean, I'll this is. I'll tell the IRS agents because I plan on having two drinks and I can't drive after I have two drinks. That's a different, yeah. But they don't expect you to do that every single time, right? I mean, who knows? Well, 
They're not my business. But that, sometimes, yeah, generally, no. sometimes generally people research. are deducting it. Generally, they are deductible Uber, you know, Uber rides. But again, not excessive. The, the, the law is is what's reasonable. I mean, some things are black and white, and some things are not. So in this instance, again, if is it ordinary for your business to be doing these entertainment? Is it inter, you know, or going out for these events? I mean, they look at various things, and it's up to the right. officer, you know, the IRS officer, of what which um, stand to take. Or, but I want to remind just, uh, you know, our listeners and everybody just beca- before it gets out of time here, uh, we're out of time, I just want to remind them about the deadlines just in case, um, you know, yeah. like all the, the annual, all the payroll tax returns, sales tax returns, W-2s and W-3s, 1099s are due to be out by January 31st. Your S-Corp and multi-member LLCs and partnerships are due March 15, and your C-Corp, individual and single-member LLCs, are due April 15. So these are the deadline that's coming up in the next three months. Okay. Wow. And also, I would like to let also our listener know um, if they would like to hear more, I'm going to be talking in more details about all the new tax law changes that's going to be affecting 2018 and some will be affecting our 2019. So there will be a planning points and tips for them on to how to save on taxes. Because when I work with my clients, my goal is to look into how can I save you more on taxes. That's really my goal. It's not just to do your tax return, but to look up look ahead for you and, and, and put your best interest first as far as how can I save you on taxes. If there's anything I can advise you about for the upcoming year, I would do that. So I have a tax, up, tax update and network luncheon that's coming up. It is with the Chamber, and it will be, again, at the Manhattan Beach Library, somewhere where you attended last year, Joe. Yes. And I hope Jackie yes. will Love join that. us this time. It will be actually yeah. Friday, February the 8th from 12 to 1.30, so you come, get a bite to eat, and get to hear me speak and get a chance to ask any questions, you know, for that hour and a half of lunch. So it's a great opportunity for many taxpayers to come up, bring their questions, um, you know, and, and basically get to hear more about uh, the tax law changes and what could affect their, their situation personally. And and is that a free event for chamber members? Is there a, a fee for non non members? So for the mem for the members, it is a free event, Kelly, right? Yeah, it's free for the members. And then for non members, it's twenty dollars. Twenty dollars, and you can register through the ManhattanBeachChamber dot com uh, website, Jackie. I I'll love that. I'll send you the flyer. We'll, I'll send you. Yeah, we'll send you the flyer too. I you know something I got it this morning in my Manhattan Beach Chamber uh, 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 newsletter. News, I got right. I got it this morning. I just saw it. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Excellent. Yes. So wow. yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of people who are just very like I said earlier, very anxious about this tax season, and I can understand. And and the law with the changes that's happening, sometimes th- some things of it is just very convoluted and. Um, you know, to understand, and then some situations is gray area, and then also the new 20% deductions for the pass-through entities like the partnerships and the S-corporations, people are getting also, well, this can apply to my situation, can I deduct that, what is the cap on the 20%, there's just so much of questions out there. Uh, and, and and that's why I feel it's going to be beneficial for, for, you know, for people, for businesses and individuals to attend. I think that no, for no. tax, I think I think that for tax t- season that people need to start thinking of this in a completely different way. You know, I know that there will always be people that wait until the last possible minute to to do their tax return. You know, they're they're in a line of cars waiting to get it in the mail by April fifteenth. <laughs> you know, no, seriously. I mean, and, and I know I know there are procrastinators. There's a lot of procrastinators in the world. But if you're not one of those people, uh, you know, it, it now is the time, man. Now is the time. And, and throughout the year, it couldn't be any simpler. You know, buy a couple of folders, you know, put, make up a folder that yep. says 2019 mm-hmm. taxes. And anything you get, wh- wh- whether it's a receipt for a donation, uh, uh, paperwork from, you know, your bank interest, whatever, you know, just throw it in the folder. Have a place to put it. Don't wait. I mean, I mean you're just creating your own anxiety when it doesn't have to be like that. And and that leads me actually to to tell them a little bit about how IRS tax you or, or give you penalties. 
you know, exactly is when you're waiting on payment for your taxes or when you don't make your estimates or waiting to tax day to make your, you know, to meet the deadline. You're absolutely correct. I mean, I don't know why taxpayers keep waiting till last minute, but I'll tell you, with mm-hmm. my clients, I typically have one or two calls to remind clients to get in and get on our on my calendar ahead. This gives yes. us the chance to to spend time with them, to give them the good service that they need, and they come to deserve. And um, and then for the ones that wait till last minute, we are in we're like cramming in the last two weeks. It's oh, so yeah. difficult. <laughs> I mean, we work. I work around the clock. I work seven days a week, between probably right. between yeah March until April fifteenth. So right. you can only imagine um, how tired and exhausted we are, and also when we get these tax returns, we may want it to spend more time, but we're not able to because physically we're spending so much time, you know, up front. So it puts time. them in crunch time, right, towards the yeah. last day or sometimes <sighs> the last couple of days, which is just too much. So there's like failing to no. pay their taxes on time. They get penalty for that. Failing yeah. to file no, the Sylvia. required tax returns, you know? Right. Yes. Now, we've talked about a lot of great information, a lot of details. The Chamber uh, will be featuring uh, you as a, as a speaker and as an expert in tax prep and, and all things uh, accounting uh, very soon. And we're all going to – we're looking forward to attend that, uh, that, webin- that Friday, meeting. Friday, well, Friday, February 8th, 12, 12 noon to 1.30 at the Manhattan Beach Library. Correct. Yeah. But Sylvia, I have to ask you. We have a yes. we have a few minutes. I want I want to get your general impression, without being political, about the changes. There seem to be many. They seem to be quite profound, and some not so profound, but but still many changes. How would you characterize what you said? You had a a a, a meeting with uh, IRS. Uh, it's a the IRS meeting. recently, yep, yep, and that uh, even the IRS found this year to be challenging. Tell us about that general impression. How different is it from past years? Well, it is. It is very different, and I, I never. When I look at the tax law changes, just so that you, you know, kind of touch on what you said, I don't look at at it from a political standpoint at all. I look at it from how these changes are going to help my clients or is going to worsen their situation. This is the way I look at it, just plain and simple. So in this case, taxpayers like IRS is expecting that many taxpayers are going to be up to su- for surprises this year because they're going to be end up they're going to end up owing a lot, and the owing is coming from the salt problem, which is the cap of the ten thousand. Now, however, on the on the flip side, the child tax credit went up from one thousand to two thousand per child, and the cap used to be married filing jointly. Maximum adjusted gross income of 110. Now it's 400,000. So you can imagine a family grossing, having adjusted gross income up to 400,000. Three children, they'll be able to still qualify for that child tax credit, 2,000 per kid. That's 6,000 dollars. So you see, mm. some taxpayers are going to be in a very good situation, very good standing that they never used to be. Or if they owe 10000 now they're all of a sudden owing 4000 if the situation doesn't change as far as the income, obviously. But mm-hmm. you see how it can help still. I mean, the middle class, which many of us were so concerned that, that it's getting hit very hard, with that child tax credit being increased, it's going to help them, and they'll still be able to get some benefit from the tax law changes. However, because of the other changes, I would probably say 50 60% of people are going to be unhappy. Because they are going to be owing more taxes or deductions won't be there, unfortunately. I mean, Understand. your mortgage interest is capped at 750 now. You can only deduct mortgage interest on mortgage debt up to the first 750000 if you got the loan after. thousand. Yeah, seven fifty. If you got the loan after December 2015, 2017, that's not that's new loans. If not the the, the other one million, it's grandfather. If you already have an existing pre-existing loans that you pulled out yeah. before December fifteen, twenty seventeen, the one million yeah. one million is grandfathered in. So yeah, um, that 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 is a you know here in California versus my my wife's family uh, is in Texas. That is a big uh, sort of a divide between yeah. even even someone who owns a very 
large palatial home in Texas mm-hmm. would, would yes. be below that cap. Yes. And I, I know. someone who owned a, a, a shack on the beach would and, be above that cap here in California. And California, New York, are the, and New Jersey are the main st- states that are having this problem. They right. are, and again, they are probably the richest states. I mean, right. if you right. think about the property, if you think about the values of the homes here, I mean, where can you find a home that's now a decent home, a two-bedroom, in the South Bay or even in L.A. or even, you know, just here that's like below, <clears throat> that, below a million? That's hard to yeah. find unless you go out to the desert, you know, or Riverside or yeah. any of these areas. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it is not definitely the, the laws did not take in consideration in a lot of areas of California or New York, but then there in some other changes in the law did help, you know, like with the, the medical expenses, you know, now mm-hmm. you can deduct medical expenses above 7.5%. It used to be 10%. So, I mean, there there is changes that are positive changes and there are changes that are negative changes. It just depends on mm-hmm. your tax situation how it's going to affect you and if it's going to be benefiting you or not. And that only is to be told and seen at tax time. Okay, so medical expenses. Medical expenses. Um, Does that include your premiums? No. No. Your premium, if it's – okay, let me correct this. It's premium if it's not pre-tax. So if you are self-employed, right now you're Mm -hmm. self-employed, and you have premium that you're paying, so you do deduct that, but it's not part of your 7.5%. It goes in a different schedule. We call okay, it adjusted yeah, income if, schedule, and you get to deduct that you, 100%. If you have an HSA account, which is the pre-tax. HSA account, yep, the HSA account is for high deductible. If you have a health insurance that have high deductible, you can create as a self as a self-employed person, you can create an H, uh, HSA account uh, and basically be able to run all your medical expenses from there. Once you run it through that bank account, it's not deductible for you because it's pre-tax. Right, right. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. HSC account is pre-tax, yeah. and also yeah. you cannot pay your health care premium from an HSC account. So okay. just uh, a tip for our listeners. Here. I wonder, I, I wonder. I guess it depends on how much you spend as to which way would work better for you. You know, if you can estimate how much you're going to spend in medical expenses each year, whether or not it is worth it to get an HSA account or if you will make the deductible on the other end. Uh, generally speaking, it, it's driven by your adjusted gross income, right? So if your adjusted right. gross income is um, 50000 your, your your the amount that you would have to deduct is above the 3500 right? For that amount. Right. So typically I advise clients, especially if they are self-employed and they have the situation of the high deductible, open the HSC account, get everything, the maximum on there, you know, that you can, you can actually uh, pay for your medical expenses per year, and then we can deal with any access. Most people, unless they are, you know, elderly, have major medical, you know, situ- uh, medical situation or illnesses, assisted living, uh, surgeries, IVFs, um, uh, deliveries. I mean, they don't really benefit a lot from this 7.5. But yes, you have to calculate everything that you've had. Exhaust your HSA if you have that option. If you don't have the option, then definitely calculate everything and see if it's worth it to take that deduction. Wow, you know something you see, you know Joe, it's so funny at the beginning of the show you said you wanted a scintillating show with action and adventure <laughs> yeah. and all these exciting and things right? I, I, and let me tell you something, I, I, you know, every time, you know, as you said taxes, maybe the law, it's you know, maybe not the exciting stuff but it, they are the best shows ever because we learn the most and it is scintillating. It is scintillating. So, right. uh yeah, right. this it, is always it, this is a good show to do every year. There is nothing more exciting for people than their money. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly? Exciting or frightening? I'm kind of, you know, feeling like the need for a martini or some comfort food right now. (laughs) Do I need goat yoga or do I need, like, key lime pies and fishing with dynamite? Which one? Uh Hey, by the way, it's uh, Dine LA starts uh, today. So um, that's a whole other thing. But there's about seven restaurants in Manhattan Beach that are part of Dine LA. So, uh, but it's always a fun time to try some of those restaurants and try new dishes and you know and do some new things. Maybe we do that. Maybe we go have some key lime pie via Dine LA uh, down at Fishing with Dynamite, and then we can do goat yoga and uh, start organizing our taxes tomorrow. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. 
I like it. Right. I like it. All right, Jill, let's uh, let's wrap this up. It's Friday. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, as Kelly said, Dine LA, uh, January 11th to the 25th. Think global, eat local. Think global, eat local. Uh, explore Dine LA. Just uh, Google Dine LA, and you'll you'll find out more about which restaurants are uh, involved. And uh, thank you, Sylvia. You are an amazing tax professional. We we thoroughly uh, love having you on the show in general, and we are we're thankful that you're in the bubble, a hundred percent of the time. Thank you so much, Jackie and Joe. It was a pleasure to be here with you guys, and thank you, Kelly. Uh, I hope that this was very beneficial to our listeners, and I hope to see you uh, at my seminar on the eighth of February. This has been fantastic, Absolutely. Sylvia. This, yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Yes, yes, it has. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, for joining us today. Uh, It's been uh, a long time coming, but we're so thrilled to have you at the helm of the Manhattan Beach Chamber. Um, Good luck, and uh, it's going to be a great ride, I know. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, and and of course, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the the gloom and doom. It's it's kind of gloomy out, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Happy rain, Friday. Rain. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Friday and it's, rainy week. Oh, Get out the rain boots. Oh, that's right. <laughs> rain is coming. That's rain is coming. Enjoy. <laughs> bye bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, Joe.